welcome to the EKBJJ podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn and I'm the host and founder of this show. I hope you're all doing well out there. This podcast is a movement designed to give you the tools and strategies to grow through adversity and I'm here to share and serve you, the listener. If you're new here, welcome. And if you've been following us already, a big, big thank you from me. Today I have one request for you and that is if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it Leave us a rating and review and tell your friends about it. And of course, if you really like it, share it with your friends and uh, share the value that you find in it with them. I would also like to give a personal shout out to our Academy Kimono manufacturer, Atama Kimonos. Pedro and the team manufacture some of the finest kimonos for training in, and you can find them at atamaeurope.com. They also manufacture our own academy kimono, which can be purchased from that website. If you want to find out more about me and my association, please check out ekbjj.com. I would also like to take this opportunity to invite you to join our student development program. Regardless of your school or affiliation, I would ask you to take a look at our online training program at ekbjjonline.com. With all of that out of the way, let's get into today's episode. Episode 10, the value of hardship. Now, I can't believe in such such a short period of time that we've managed to rack up 10 podcasts. That means I've been doing this now for 10 weeks, and I'm still as nervous doing this as I was when I started to do podcast one, all the way back to the intro. Um, It's been a long, long road for us. And I hope that these podcasts or these episodes bring some value to both you and those around you's life and give you a different perspective on things, which is only my perspective. So let's get into today's episode. Recently, I've been thinking a lot about how human evaluation, well, human evolution, excuse me, has made us become much, much more softer and comfortable in comparison to earlier humans who, in my opinion, were more stronger, resilient, and had more grit than we have today. As we've moved through the years, we've become both softer and lazier. And this is the topic of this episode today. For me, I'm glad that I grew up in a time where social media wasn't available back then. There was no Instagram, YouTube, or any of those things. If I said to a friend of mine that I would meet him at a certain place at a certain time, we would have to be there. No excuses. Your word was your bond. Meaning if you said you were going to be there and you didn't show up, who would trust you in the in the forecoming weeks, days, months after that? That not only taught us about holding true to our word, but also taught us the value of timekeeping. I can remember as a kid telling my friends, Hey, let's meet at this place tomorrow and making sure I was there because if I was 10 minutes late, for sure, I would know they would be gone and I'd be lucky to catch up with them or hang out with them that day. In today's society, life isn't really that hard. Everything we need is at the touch of a button. Information, ordering food, online shopping, dating, even jujitsu is at the end of 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 a smartphone, if you like. All of this stuff is at the end of our fingertips, as long as you have a smartphone or a smart device. With all of this modern technology, we definitely um, have moved into an easier way of doing things, but we've also, to some degree, taken away 
the hardship and challenge that we would go through, in turn making us more comfortable, but definitely less resilient. In so many ways, the equilibrium has shifted and we're now seeing more than ever a softer, weaker person being born with a weaker character. And the real life issues are now being replaced with, I don't have enough storage on my iPhone, or do you have a charger? Or the best one I've heard so far is, what's the Wi-Fi code? This is the common one. Do you have Wi-Fi? What's the Wi-Fi code? Those are today's real life issues. When I, like so many, were growing up in the era that I was growing up, growing up in, I had to literally go out and do challenging things. If it was raining, I would be out in the rain, getting muddy with my friends, just running around, making a mess. And, and I enjoyed that. That gave me a lot of, of gratitude. It gave me a lot of grit. It gave me a lot of mental fortitude when it, when it came to playing out in the rain. We would do that in the snow. You know, you'd find us out in the snow. I would make mistakes and I would be accountable for those mistakes. I wouldn't have people making excuses for me or giving me a label. No, you did it, you own it. And in doing so, I became more competent and more confident in being myself, in my own skin, um, just being me. Now, as I said earlier, um, well, let me, let me say this to say that really. What confuses me is that some, not all, but some parents today offer very, very little advice to their children. Or the advice given is not adhered to by those kids. <clears throat> even we have, even today we have kids, you know, ruling the family home because the parents cannot make a decision to discipline or offer any form of correction to that unruly child. Now, as I said earlier, for me growing up, it was a lot um, of me being out in, in the elements and with my friends and running around and doing kid stuff. And sure, I'd be a little toe rag running around the neighborhood, getting into scraps with other kids. Sometimes I'd get beat up or an adult would even clip me around the ear for being cheeky. I was just doing kid stuff. But ultimately what I was doing was building resilience and mental fortitude. And ultimately I grew and I learned from those challenges and those experiences. Now, how does that fit into jujitsu? That's the question. How does the above, what we've been talking about, these, this hardship or this value of hardship, how does it fit into jiu-jitsu? There's a term that's bounded around, uh, you know, I, I keep hearing it and actually it's said in our academy and it's about keeping our students safe, keeping our students safe, protecting them from injury and making sure that they're okay whilst they're in the school where they train. Now, fundamentally, I believe that to be correct from a business perspective um, and just from a fundamental perspective, I believe that to be correct because if students start getting injured or they start getting a little roughed up, then perhaps that will affect the livelihood of the instructor. Maybe even the school may, may get a bad name or it, you know, it could even begin to breed a certain individual that trains in that school. But here's the thing, the same thing we're trying to protect our students from, we are ultimately teaching them to defend against, or what we're ultimately teaching them to defend against is perhaps the wrong way round. Because for me, what we're ultimately teaching them to defend against, I'll give you an example is at my academy is we advocate self-defense. 
self-defense being our primary objective when it comes to jiu-jitsu, meaning our students should be ready for a street confrontation within three to six months. And of course, that depends on how they immerse themselves into jiu-jitsu, how many lessons they attend, how much information they can retain during those classes, because that's the ultimate goal for me when I'm teaching students is to prepare them should they have a confrontation in the street. Now, the confrontation could be verbal or it could be physical because I know some people will melt, will literally melt on the spot at physical confrontation. And that is a skill set in its own to deal with that verbal confrontation. Someone asked me the other day about de-escalation. They said, yeah, but you know, you could de-escalate the situation. And I always say this, in order for de-escalation to work, both parties must want de-escalation. One person cannot want de-escalation while the other person wants to escalate because there is no middle ground. There's no de-escalation. It has to be agreed to by both parties, which is when the de-escalation comes into place. So like I was just saying, you know, trying to protect my students or ultimately teaching them to defend themselves should a street confrontation arise. So a new student comes into my school, and, and here's the dilemma. A new, new student comes into the school, someone who knows absolutely nothing or very little about fighting, but is just a regular guy or girl from outside. And we tell our students, be careful if you train with them because there's a risk of injury. Be careful, don't train with those people because it's an unknown risk, it's a threat. But isn't this actually what we're teaching them to defend against. The flip side of that is we're actually teaching them to shy away from that test or from that experience or from that challenge or from that point of learning. Now, with that said, of course, we don't want injuries. You know, we never want an injury. But as humans, we all seek some kind of validation, whether that is to find belief in what we know, or maybe it's ego, or maybe it's both ego and validation, who knows? But this is being bled over to jujitsu, and it is my belief that we are doing a disservice to our students when it comes to the practice of self-defense jujitsu, or even jujitsu as a whole. If I go back to when I was learning and training jujitsu in Brazil, just for a moment, there was a sea of every color belt you could think of. The icons of jujitsu today were on the mats, and I was privileged to share that space with them. They were fighting on the mats because they, you know, they, they wanted to be there. They were fighting on the mats because they wanted to be there. And they were lucky to even receive a sponsored gi. That would be the pavement, the payment for all of the training if they were competing in, you know, they would be a sponsored kimono and a medal if they were lucky enough to win a major tournament. That was the reward. Just show up every day duke it out on the mat and then eventually you know get good win a medal and start to 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 grow that way but but those times have changed for me those were the golden years of my jiu-jitsu to be amongst you know the giants of that industry where everyone was spitting fire and i was able to witness visitors from you know visitors coming to the academy from america from europe from other places some who had wrestling experience martial arts experience and I did see sparring take place. 
not only at Gracie Almighty, which was the main place where I was training in, in Rio, but also at the, the Baja Gracie headquarters at the time where Carlos Gracie Jr. and Marcio Fatosa were the instructors there. This was the time when Marcio Fatosa was the golden boy of Gracie Baja. And I did go visit that school when Half was there. Um, and I did see some, some, some fights take place over there, you know, in, during my visits. This was an everyday occurrence. Now, whether that was a challenge just coming into the academy or, you know, Americans who, who were there, who'd come to train, who had previous martial arts experience, but the guys over there were on the mat and it was go time straight off the bat. No one was held back. No one was told, hey, don't spar with these guys because ultimately, what were they preparing their students for? They were preparing the students for the, the hardship or the challenge that they could face on the streets of Rio. Or in my case, coming back to London, that was what we were ultimately preparing for. Now, of course, I'm not going to say we should go back to a place and time like, like that. But what I am saying is as humans, we choose an easy path over a path which would make us challenge ourselves, you know, which would give us some sort of growth. We choose to train or spar with the easier guys or girls at the academy. Then a guy or girl who would offer us, you know, real challenge. We, we choose an easy method. Not all of us, but, but that is happening and we, we're seeing this happen. The other thing that I see a lot, you know, is that people don't want to spar. They don't want to have these challenges in jiu-jitsu because they don't want their ego bent. You know, I, I know personally some black belts, black belts, if you, if you don't believe that, that will not spar with lower belts for the fear of being tapped or, or being submitted or being dominated in case they look bad. I have no understanding of how you could possibly look bad. Um, you know, you get on the mat and you train. And I've had experiences like this myself where, you know, later in my life, I begin to train with young athletic kids, if you like, who have been training for a few years, but they, they're young, they're athletic, and they can go, they can go 15, 20 minutes off the bat. And the older we get, of course, we, we, you know, we don't wanna have those battles anymore, but it's always nice to blow out the cobwebs every once in a while and, and let it go on the mat with these kids or these athletes and, and see how we fare up. You know, I still have that, that fire, I still have that tenacity to do that. Some people don't, some people have shied away from that and still shy away from it. They hide behind, excuses or fear, you know, because that's what it comes down to, fear of having their ego hurt. You know, we have people now who choose to stay home rather than brave the elements and attend a jiu-jitsu class. And then they'll hide behind excuse after excuse. And that's a really sad thing to me, that we don't even have the courage to say, you know what, I didn't feel like coming to train. And, and, and they do that because they feel like they maybe offend someone or they'll look weak. But really, it's a courage thing. You know, own it. Just have the courage to own up and say it. You know, we're all guilty of it to some degree. But we've just lost that challenge. You know, we've lost that, not that challenge, that courage to do that over these years. We've become softer in society. I mean, if you go back, 
back in time to the to the early man who, who walked the planet. And you think about this from that perspective. They were fitter than us, stronger than us today. They were healthier than us because they would some they would hunt with bows and arrows. They would have to go out in the elements, you know, work it out. They'd have to go out there, hunt down the prey. And remember that the prey would run off sometimes. And if it was winter time, they, they would have to hunt that prey down and kill it. Not only kill it, they would have to skin it in the freezing cold or, or winter or whatever the terrain was, and then carry it back to the tribe or, or to their people and share it. All of that to where we are now, where we can just press a button and, and we get a pizza delivered, or we press a button and we can online shop, or all of this stuff has made us softer. In the academy, it's no longer about, or from what I'm seeing, you know, a plain white gi isn't good enough anymore. It's a it's a gi with a brand on it, and, and I'm guilty of that too. You know, I'm guilty of that. Um, my sponsor, Atama, if you like, my academy sponsor, Atama, the guys who we, we do business with, who make all of our academy kimonos, I wear a branded kimono. Atama is one of the oldest kimonos, you know, in jujitsu. And for me, I like traditional stuff. It's a traditional academy. It's a traditional gi that they make. I like to hold that, you know, in in tradition. I like to hold that tradition. Now, all of this is, is just my opinion. But mental fortitude, resilience is, we're losing this, you know, as a community, we're losing this. You know, there's no value if there's if there's no hardship. Everything is just being given to us. So we're we're now in a society where we're breathing softies, and and it saddens me to say that. You know, my kids are exactly the same. They freak out if the battery runs out on their their iPad, and I have, I have to really bust their chops about it. There are bigger problems going on in the world than your iPad running out. You know, pick up a pen and paper and pick up a pen and pad and write. It's crazy, and, and and listen, I know technology moves very very quickly, and I'm grateful to be able to communicate with, you know, friends across seas in different time zones using WhatsApp and all of these these things which we've now become accustomed to. But I'm also fully aware of choosing the path of hardship over a path of easiness because. I'm on that self-growth mission. I like growth. I like to grow. I like those around me to grow. But it just seems that we, we're losing that. And, and when it comes to jiu-jitsu, I was thinking about this all week. In fact, this was a conversation I had a few weeks back with Halleck Gracie. And it was him who kind of highlighted that. We, we had this discussion and Halleck is one of the guys who's, he's a real guy, regardless of what anyone may say or think. The guy's an innovator, he's a fighter, he spits fire all of the time, this kid. I have so much respect for him. And um, I'm learning from him. He's younger than me, you know, born into the family, but that doesn't mean I cannot learn from him. And for me, I'm always of that mindset. If there's something to be learned, then teach me then I'll learn, I'll grow from that because his perspective on things are very different. Um, 
if you don't know who he is, he's the guy who's behind uh, Metamoris. He's the guy behind that. He has some big things happening at the minute, so watch out for that. Um, he's, yeah, he's incredible. Incredible people that I'm trying to surround myself with and and just grow from. But but again, going back to the this episode, the value of hardship, people. You know, try wherever we can, even if it's slow, slow steps. Don't opt for that easy way through. Test yourself. Test who you are. Find out who you are. There's this thing bouncing around. I'm hearing it over and over again, which is know your why. We all know our why. We just don't know what to do with it. We all know what we want to do. We all know we all have a dream of what we can do. It's all achievable, but we have to push through it. Now, all of the above and everything I'm saying is just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. And this isn't about being right or wrong. This is just my opinion of what I see around me, conversations I have, people I interact with on a daily basis. Now, I believe that there's real value in hardship. And I don't mean making everything you do hard, but I do believe that we should challenge ourselves physically and mentally. We should all as humans taste victory and defeat because in both places, as long as we are challenging ourselves, there's value and there's growth. Well, definitely from where I come from. That in turn can develop the traits of mental fortitude and resilience. In turn, that leads us to becoming better people, better men, better leaders, better fathers, better husbands, better friends to our loved ones and the people we care about. And that's what's important, you know, that we are teaching our kids, that I do teach my students these values, that I do when I spar with my students or train with them, challenge them, you know, so in turn, they get better and they can challenge me, that they can challenge the other students and the other students can challenge them and so on and so forth. And that way we stay in that that hardship. We come out of that fire. You know, we spit fire when there's time to spit fire. And, you know, we try to be the best we can and grow. You know, nothing, nothing grows in easiness. Easy is easy. You know, when we really have to work for something, that's where real growth is. And that's one of the reasons why in my academy, we have a curriculum. We have a curriculum where we test our students on. And that curriculum is achievable. It's obviously achievable because we have black belts that have come out of that, all the way from white belt to black belt. So it's achievable. And I'm going to do a, perhaps next week's podcast will be about our curriculum and, and why I choose to do that. Um, and the methods behind it and why I feel it works for us. But that's really all I have for you for this week. Um, I hope that adds some value to you or gives you something to think about. Um, I hope you'll take something from this. And as I said, share this. Share this with someone you think may need it. Um, Hope it brought some value to you. And that's it, guys. Have a great weekend. Please drop me a message. Don't forget to follow us at EKBJJ Podcast and at EKBJJ on Instagram for all of our updates and things we're doing. Have a great week, guys. Have a great weekend and hopefully tune in next week.